Talk Live. And you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you in the studio tonight it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're completely free, uh, so head on over there and enjoy those on us, including uh, things like our bulletin board system and more. Lots of different ways to get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. In fact, the the main thrust of the site allows you uh, to control the content of the website by submitting various different news items or videos or blog posts that you find interesting on the web somewhere. You submit it to our website, and then other listeners will vote on whether they like your submission or not, and the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the site at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and get interactive. Sam joining us tonight from obscuredtruth.com. You can go there and uh, take a look at what Sam's been doing with uh, some of his video work. That's basically your thing. That's uh, your profession. And you've been doing a lot of great uh, liberty-oriented videos. In fact, you just released one of something that was particularly outrageous that transpired at a local... uh, a local gathering, a local event um, this weekend here in Keene, New Hampshire. That's where we do this show from. And every year in Keene, and this may be the last year. I'm not, not sure about that. That seems to be a little up in the air at this point. But uh, to, before this point, for like the last 20 years, there's been this pumpkin festival that Keene's just a small, very, very small city, large town, somewhere Berg. in the middle between those two uh, designations. It's politically, technically a city, um, but it's only 25,000 people that uh, that live here. I mean, there's a few thousand uh, young folks that come in every year for the college, and people come in during the daytime to uh, to work from the surrounding areas, which are much more rural than, uh, than Keene. Uh, so the, the population of Keene tends to increase by at least 10,000 people every day. I've heard more than that, but... During the Pumpkin Festival, there are probably tens of thousands of people that come in here, 50 to 80,000 people likely uh, coming in to Little Keene, New Hampshire for this yearly Pumpkin Fest. And it's a very family-oriented, family-friendly event uh, where lots of people of all ages are coming out. And, and of course, it's close to Halloween, so many folks are decked out in their uh, their Halloween garb, their their costumes. And some people are really, you know, they really do a, do up a great job. Oh, yeah. And the high school band comes out. They do a parade with all the kids down Main Street. It's yeah. Nothing, nothing too fancy, but a, there's a neat vendors, little town you know, home there's, thing. There's fair food. There's, uh, there, there, I believe there's some contesting going on. On. And of course, there are the, the main feature is the the gathering of pumpkins. People bringing in their carved pumpkins uh, from anywhere. You, you don't have to live in Keene for this. People come in from all over the place, all over New England. In many cases, maybe further than that, uh, they bring pumpkins and enter them into this pumpkin festival. And the the purpose is not to judge. I don't think the best pumpkin or anything like that. It's just to have a large amount of them to top the world record for the largest amount of pumpkins in the same general vicinity, uh, the same festival. And it has won that uh, record in the past. It was topped, uh, Keene Pumpkin Fest has been topped by Boston, which probably isn't that hard to do considering Boston is a city of, sure. you know, over a million people or two million people or whatever in yeah, I mean, Keene. Boston has significantly more people than, than uh, Keene, and, uh, you know, it's it no big surprise that Boston was able to top them. Right. So for the last uh, few years, the Keene Pumpkin Fest has been attempting to reclaim its throne, and it has been unsuccessful at uh, at doing that. But really close. 
I guess, yeah, you're right. It has been fairly close. All things considered, it has been been fairly close. So this is the event that goes on on a yearly basis, and it's very popular. And, uh, of course, there are people that are doing vending out there. Local charities uh, have booths and uh, food vendors. And and most of those folks have begged the government for a permit in order to uh, to do whatever business it is they want to do. And this is all happening on Main Street in Keene, New Hampshire. That's where the, the focus of the activities are. That's where the vendors uh, are. That's where the crowd is. And that's where you want to be if you've got a if you've got a table. The Cub Scouts, uh, for the last several years, uh, have actually last four years, including this one, have had a table at a local newsstand, which is right out on Main Street. It's a local kind of uh, bong shop slash uh, newsstand, or excuse me, water pipes, uh, local pipe shop. Uh, great, great little store. The well, they sell cigarettes and yeah. sodas and magazines and all kinds of things. Cigars, there. yep. Yep, so it's... But we uh, know what it's there for. <laughs> right, the Corner News is uh, is there, and they've been there for a long time. It's, uh, it's a long, long open uh, business here in town. And they have uh, graciously hosted the Cub Scouts, allowing the Cub Scouts to set up a table out outside of their business during this particular event. And were the cups? What were they vending? Was it baked goods or oh, cotton candy? They had yeah, right. cotton candy, and there was also a guy doing T-shirts of some kind. And this is on the side of their building, but it's still, according to the owners, it's still their private property. Well, the city government bureaucrats are claiming it's not. They're claiming it's city property. And the organizers of the Pumpkin Fest are basically saying that all private property is made into city property uh, the day of the Pumpkin Fest by uh, by fiat, by decree of the city government uh, elected officials. Right. First he told me it was all public property, and then he told me, well, it's not public property. It's basically our property, and we get to say what goes. So – Essentially, what happened was the organizers of this pumpkin festival, this uh, this ostensibly family event, this allegedly community-oriented event, came down on the, the, the Cub Scouts and also a local homeless shelter uh, that was also selling some baked goods. They actually had set up a table as well. And both of these tables did not bother – the people running these tables did not bother to beg the government bureaucrats or pay for a permit. They just decided – this is a community event. I've got the space. We've got the space available. We're going to go ahead and, and set up a table here. And so the organizer of the, fest, uh, the festival didn't like that very much. They apparently called in the, the police contingent that was in the area, and they bring out every cop you can imagine from the surrounding areas. They even had Vermont police in New Hampshire, which is weird. But they did. Mutual aid. And so, uh, so the fire department in, from my town is called to Vermont all the time. Now, we didn't get any footage of what happened at the Cub Scout table, but Sam, you were out that day, you interviewed the people that were uh, that were from the Corner News, the local uh, shop that was hosting them, and what did you learn about how the police behaved? They, um, it didn't go well. I didn't get all of the details because they didn't really want to talk about it, and you know, they're a business on Main Street, they're worried about the city coming and harassing them and trying sure. to shut them down or something, so... You know, they didn't want to speak on camera, but I talked to them. I talked to a number of, of folks, and I was able to kind of piece the thing together. And it sounds like the, the police came in and basically told them, you know, you, you were not allowed to do this. And at some point, they were they were picking things up off the table and kind of throwing them across the table. They, meaning the police? The police, yep. And at another point, I don't know if they got into an exchange of words or what, but the police officer pushed 
the property owner who was probably out there saying, you know, this is my private property, you can't do this, and did this in front of the kids. And a lot of the kids were, the Cub Scouts, <laughs> mm-hmm. were pretty shocked at, at what they had seen. And I think it was a, a, it was sort of like a, it stunned the uh, the community that the police would come in and do something like this. And they hadn't gotten a permit for the previous four years that they had done exactly the same thing. And for some reason, this year, all of a sudden... Now it's a problem. Yeah. So the cops came in, they threatened them, and as a result of that, they, of course, you know, the Cub Scouts didn't want to get arrested. So uh, they decided to go ahead and, and, and I guess, remove the table. Sorry. Yeah, that's my understanding. I'd like to give a, a little more clarity to this situation for most people. Um, what what they don't understand is that this, this pumpkin fest really, really benefits a lot of not-for-profits in this town. It's it it's does. really great for them. What it doesn't do, largely, is help people who are on Main Street as far as a business goes. If you've got a business on Main Street, you're losing business on that day to all the not-for-profits who have uh, paid their you, you disagree sorry. with this? There are I've interviewed of people. I've interviewed and talked to businesses on Main Street, and uh, the, the ones that I've talked to, by and large, say, we would rather Pumpkin Fest not exist. And here's I'm the reason. I'm shocked by that. Because you don't be... know. Look, they're, 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 you've got they're, thousands of people crossing in front of your door. Why, why can't you get them because inside? Because the, there's these trailers out there that are serving food. They're all mm-hmm. shoved up against your door. You've got drunk people throwing pumpkins through your uh, glass windows. All kinds of things. Pumpkin Fest is a disaster for the people who work uh, who have businesses on Main Street. Okay, I'm not sure what the, how that's relevant to what we're talking about. But because 800- they were making a little bit of money by renting their space to the Cub Scouts. and then oh, the they were cops- renting it? I didn't well, know that. Likely, I think they right? donated it, actually. Yeah. It's a charity. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, don't worry about it. We've got them right there on the front page of the website. You can just click and download the last week's worth of the show. And then, if that's not enough, you can click into the archive section and go all the way back to late 2006, all for free, courtesy of HostGator. And if you want to get hosting done, web hosting, whether it be for your business or a personal blog site, you need to go to HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Why enter through that link, Mark? Well, because you'll get your first month completely free if you go to HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. And when you do go to HostGator, they've got thousands of templates to help you set up your own website. And they make it easy for you. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. So we're talking about this uh, local festival that goes on here where the police decided to crack down on the uh, the Cub Scouts as well as a local homeless shelter uh, that both of these organizations were out there 
selling uh, the Cub Scouts were selling cotton candy. The homeless shelter had a baked uh, baked sale where they had been donated baked goods and were selling the baked goods to benefit the homeless shelter to to help keep their doors open because uh, it gets pretty cold up here in New Hampshire uh, during the winter time. And so the homeless shelter doesn't have a whole bunch of money. They didn't have the the money, as I understand it, to go out and and beg the government for permission uh, to buy a permission slip in order to uh, to vend at this particular event. And this is supposedly, purportedly public property that they were operating their table on. So after the police had come to the Cub Scouts table and threatened them with uh, with aggression if they didn't shut down, which of course they did because they were scared, uh, because the police are scary. Uh, the police then showed up at the homeless shelter's table and proceeded to threaten them. Now, in the case of the homeless shelter's table, that happened to be operated by local liberty activists. Of course, the newspaper calls them Free Keen members. Not that Keen has or Free Keen dot com has uh, any kind of official membership. I mean, you can join the site like anybody else, and I guess that would make you a Free Keen member. But some of our opposition has joined the site, so are they also Free Keen members? I don't know. Nonetheless, uh, liberty activists were on the scene there, and a Porcupine 411 went out, which is our local one of our uh, local systems that an activist set up to allow folks to, to call a phone number, leave a message, and then have that, uh, when they hang up, have it blasted out to hundreds of email addresses, which you know, said, hey, this is what's going on, here's where we are, come on out. Uh, the activists that were in the area came over. Sam, you were one of them. Now, you, uh, your video is posted over at obscuredtruth.com, also freekeen.com right now for folks that want to go and see this where the police are threatening the, these folks, peaceful people operating this homeless uh, booth, uh, selling the, doing a bake sale. When you had arrived on the scene, had they already moved the table one time or they hadn't moved it yet? They hadn't. Uh, Heike had been up, I believe, up at the front, sort of right there on Main Street in one of the alleyways. Uh, where you know there was it was pretty light traffic, not really getting in the way or anything, and uh, the festival organizers, the, their attorney, which was the lady that's in the video, and the main guy with the prom- productions company came up, and I believe shut her down and told her you can't do this. So she moved back. That's when she placed the pork four one one call, and then once I got there, and there were about six or eight other uh, liberty activists that showed up. That's when we decided, all right, let's go back down and see, uh, you know, what they're going to do. So this is right in front of the building that the Hundred Nights Homeless Shelter is in. Is that correct? No, this is closer to Main Street. This we, time. we originally were there, and then what we did is move down the alley to sort of the, the building, not not the front door of where the Hundred Nights Shelter is, but it, the actual building, right? The, it, it was in front of the building, but then they moved actually down away from the building to the alley right where it connects with Main Street. Mm-hmm. So, so, so uh, the, the table at the time where you arrived was actually nearby Main Street, so people could see it and come over and buy things from it, right? Well, at first it was at the shelter, then we moved it up to Main Street, and that's where, yeah, within a few minutes we, she had made, uh, I think, seven bucks. So this is like a, a property ownership issue. I mean, the, the, the city of Keene claims to own the, the road and the sidewalks and all that stuff in front of your building, and then they, uh, they, they lease it out, I guess, on Pumpkin Fest Day to the... the organization the pumpkin fest organization and that organization tells people who run businesses right on main street that they can't have outside vending in order to hawk their wares right in front of their door Mm -hmm. they tell no 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 you can people can walk into your business but you can't stand out in front of your business and get people to come in well you could if you bought a permit 
you could go and beg. So you, and right, but you, you have to go. Bribe. Well, they, they've already begged. So you're actually asking the uh, the organization that has done the. You're, you're doing sort of secondary leasing. Right. You as a business owner would have to go and beg for a permit to sell in front of your own business. Yes, that's correct. So you showed up on the scene as the cops were threatening the uh, the table, the folks that were operating this table. What did you see? Yeah. So Heike had moved and sat up and was selling. You know, everything was going fine. Uh, then the two organizers showed up, and I we noticed before that though that a couple of police had kind of meandered by and took up a position in the doorway about ten feet away, and then more start showing up. So they're clearly sort of gathering the forces, mm-hmm. and then the uh, organizers move in and and they're telling us, "Well, you can't be here," and we're like, "Well, clearly we are here, so we can be." And, uh, you know, they're like, well, oh, all right, we're now not it's an English issue. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous, though, when people come up and say, well, you can't you can't sell food here. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I am selling food here. What you mean is if I don't stop selling food here, you're going to call for the guns of government to come over here and force me to stop. You just don't want to be honest about what you're actually, uh, you know, wanting to be done. I don't know what the word is for that. But advocating advocating. Yeah. Thank you. And so, you know, sure enough, within it, they, they start out saying that it's private property. And then they later, the guy says, well, no, it's not private property, like within two sentences. And uh, the police come over and then the discussion starts going. Now, they're telling them just to kind of shut down. But one of the uh, keen policemen is there and he's talking with Heike, trying They're trying to work out a compromise. And I would have to give him some credit for that. Um, eventually the, the discussion's really not going anywhere and Heike says, all right, we're moving the table back down to the shelter. Uh, and they were, it, it had been sort of sorted out with the police that that would be okay if they just went back, you know, away from main street, probably about what, maybe a hundred to 200 feet away from main street, a couple hundred feet. Yeah. I'm not good at estimating those things, but yeah, it's then basically the next street down right. away from main about street, which is where the shelter is. And so, that, so, so there's a party going on and you're a block away. Yeah, and you're getting, you know, probably 5, maybe 10% of the traffic that, that they yeah. were getting in the other spot. So, but, you know... Yeah, it just killed the table. And at that point, hadn't uh, the owner of the shelter, the guy that's, uh, that runs the place, hadn't he come out and basically said, look, we'll just give the food away? Yeah, that was actually one of the things that Heike had offered up and said, well, what if we just stop selling the food and we just give it away to uh, to people? Because, you know, we just to basically at that point promote the shelter. Yeah. All of our volunteers have already made this. It's, it's not going to sell if we have to put it back inside the shelter. People are not actually walking in the door right. of the homeless shelter to buy baked goods. You know, come on. And uh so that was kind that of, wasn't good enough though. The, the, giving the uh, food away was not no a good no enough not compromise. acceptable yeah. not acceptable. So the table got moved back, and that was supposedly the end of it. And mm-hmm. the police separated, and I kind of said my goodbyes. But then after I left, they came back and shut the table down. More coming up here at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The videos up at freekeen dot com. You can see it there. Also obscuredtruth dot com. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, 800-259-9231, the crackdown on the charities. Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. 
I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. Freedomcam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. Freedomcam.net You can take control of these airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And don't forget, uh, one of the features we have on our site is our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and interact because other listeners are in our chat room which is built into the very same page that we have the webcam on uh head over to cam.freetalklive.com to do those things uh cam.freetalklive.com and is brought to you by memory dealers memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers and they also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as cisco routers and switches in stock ready to ship the overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. So we're telling you a story here tonight that has been uh, told in video form over at freekeen.com and ObscuredTruth.com, thanks to Sam uh, and his uh, editing and camera work, uh, because what happened was the local government cops cracked down on some Cub Scouts who were trying to sell some cotton candy at an event over the weekend here in Keene, New Hampshire, the yearly and extremely popular Pumpkin Festival. The Pumpkin Fest organizers, however, are not so community-oriented. If you don't beg for permission to uh, to be on this allegedly, ostensibly public property, uh, as the Cub Scouts did not and have not for the last several years, they just figured they'd go ahead and set up their table because they're the Cub Scouts. Who's going to care if they have a if they set up a table? Who's who would dare to tell the Cub Scouts or the Girl Scouts or any other a group of kids that hey, you can't be here selling this cotton candy because you didn't go down to the city council or the city government bureaucrats and beg them for permission and then pay them a bribe in order to be allowed to do business selling cotton candy without being harassed by men wearing uniforms and carrying weapons you kids want to go to jail you know <laughs> i mean really that's, it, that's what, what it coming is up doing right because if stop or we'll take you to jail that's all it is and it's just so sick. Now, they also picked on a local homeless shelter, which was having a bake sale table that was staffed by local activists, which is one of the reasons we found out about this uh, was going on. And activists were all throughout the uh, the pumpkin festival. So I believe some of them were actually there when the uh, when they were cracking down on the Cub Scouts. But I don't think anybody had video cameras uh, right, that were there that's for that my one. understanding. Or at least the video hasn't come out yet. If it does, we'll certainly post it uh, when it does. Because some of the allegations about the police's behavior in this case is, is absolutely outrageous. I mean, it's bad enough that they would come around and threaten these young people. And it's even worse, some of the allegations about them pushing the property owner, uh, throwing stuff across the table at the kids. Just men and women behaving badly because they can, because they are the people calling themselves government and they can get away with whatever level of ludicrous attacks against peaceful people uh, that they want to. I think it's it's this attitude that we're the government, we're we're the authority here, we're in charge, we make the laws and, you know, they, they see anybody who uh, doesn't jump through their hoops or doesn't buy into their sort of uh, assertion of we're we're legitimate and you have to do what we say 
as just like an insult to their... It's a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat to their legitimacy. Yeah, and it's like they just can't tolerate it, and that's where I think some of the anger and stuff comes from. Well, what would happen... uh, You're right. You're absolutely right, Sam. What would happen if people got it into their heads that they didn't have to go down and beg for permission to set up a table and sell some cotton candy to benefit a charity at a local uh, festival that was on supposedly public property? If people got that into their heads, they'd stop buying the permits, and they'd just start acting like free people and show up and do whatever the F they wanted to do, uh, and that would be an absolute uh, tremendous loss to the legitimacy of these people calling themselves the state. Well, I, and agreed, but I, I don't... Th- I think that many people like the orderliness of, of you know, the way things go with permits and, and stuff like that. And I, I tend to feel that way, too. The problem is, is that you're dealing with the state here who doesn't legitimately own that land. If merchants owned their property, say, out to the center line of the street or the main street was owned by a merchant's association or something like that. Then you have to get permission like from the merchant individually to the, set the up. The merchant or the merchant's association, yeah. depending on who it was. And you wouldn't have a problem with that, no, particularly, no, right? Not. They legitimately. So, what if the, the Merchants property? Association sent out their security and they were, you know, a little rough with uh, somebody who uh, was set up on the property there that they weren't supposed to be set up? Well, he brought on. some kids with little cute uniforms and maybe tossed a few th- knickknacks at them. No, no, I, I think you're applying today's paradigm into some sort of free market where the government doesn't own the roads and the sidewalks. If somebody wanted to create a festival in a true free market, they'd have to go to each property owner where they wanted to hold that, and they would establish, I would think, okay, can we put people out in front of your store to vend things? Is that allowed, yes or no? Well, All these things would be worked out in advance. This may or may not be the case. It could very well be that um, the main street would be sold, you know, if you were doing this, if you're switching over from the paradigm that we have today to the paradigm of a, um, you know, a more free market. Maybe main street would be sold, sidewalks and street and all to an association of main street vendors or main street dealers or main street uh, you know uh, merchants okay and if that was done then you would have one organization who would be in charge of deciding and that who was- organization would have to if if the cub scout showed up without asking for permission to set up their table at this event uh, then that organization would have to weigh the pr uh, question of whether or not they should tell the cub scouts that they aren't welcome there this one too what? This one, too. No, no. This, no, or, this no. organization is the city. They don't care about public relations. Well, See, they, and I talked they've to lost the, public relations um, on this. I mean, they're, they're looking like jerks. Yeah, absolutely. And I was talking to the cops while they're standing there doing this, and I, the, I ended up just singling out this, uh, this female policeman from Vermont and started talking to her. Is this, is this what you got into policing to do? Did you think that you would be shutting down people who are volunteering their time and their, you know, their baked goods in order to help homeless people who don't even have a place to live? And here you are putting a stop to that. Is this what you signed up for when you wanted to be a police officer? And, she, of course, said nothing. Oh, they have no answer for yeah. that. But, uh, by the way, it Well, you get on... surrounded by cops for doing that, right? I know... No, no. I went up and walked into the middle of them. Yeah. But, <laughs> no. I mean, they, they circled in at, the, uh, at that point, right? No. Uh, it was my understanding that they uh, they hassled you at that um, at when, when you started talking to one of theirs and asking well, questions. Uh, th- there were like six or eight of them standing together having their little powwow, and I just sort of walked up to the edge and, and started talking because it doesn't really scare me anymore. Yeah. yeah. 
Why would so, it? Look, uh, Mark, it depends on who you ask as far as how people view this, right? You said that people are saying that the, the city looks like they're a bunch of jerks, and I'm sure there are people that agree with our position on this. But on the other hand, you've got people like the folks that run the local newspaper. Uh, one of their editors uh, wrote up an article about the Pumpkin Fest. And at the very end, he brings up the issue of the, the police cracking down on this, uh, on these two uh, organizations. But here's how he puts it. There w- then there was the ugly confrontation between police and a group of free keeners on Lamson Street Saturday afternoon. Free speech is a wonderful thing, but tone matters. Police showed remarkable restraint in the face of a barrage of profanity-laced taunts aimed at getting them to react. Whether a nearby shelter did or did not have the right to sell its baked goods matters not. There's a way to make a point and a way not to. The entire scene played out within earshot of young children and other festivals goers ugly as ugly gets pick your spots please let's be civil doesn't mention in the entire article the whole article is about what's good and what's bad in his opinion with the pumpkin festival the entire article goes without mention that the cub scouts were cracked down upon the entire crackdown is boiled down into those darn free keeners started yelling at the cops on lamson street and uh, they made a scene in front of a bunch of children yeah now this actually isn't in my video but this is i think what happened after i left they had, again, they were up at the street and sa- had said, you can move back down to the shelter and set up there and, and we'll leave you alone. And then they just came back and changed their mind and said, all right, nope, now that you've jumped through that hoop, you can't do that. After Pack everyone it left, in. right? After yeah. most of the activists had dispersed. Yeah, and I know Heike got a little bit upset and was cussing or yelling at two mm-hmm. of the uh, state troopers. She's since written them an apology letter and uh, also a thank you letter to, uh, I think it's Stephen, one of the keen police that actually worked out the first compromise and was actually there trying to, just the, the only one I saw that acted like he cared or even put any thought mm. into what they were actually there doing and how bad it was. But of course, uh, the, the perspective of the newspaper and, and those supporters... I hope you guys are going to write a, a letter to the editor. Instead of complaining about it on the radio, you Why? need to write so they a letter to the publish it? No, they'll publish it. There's more they always here. do. At eight, no, they no. don't. 1-800- 259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com Four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, so enjoy them on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And I believe we're going to be doing a giveaway tonight, Mark. Am I correct about that? We are doing a giveaway tonight? If you wish. Oh, well, okay. I guess we are then. Uh, so coming up, you're going to have a chance to win the Toda Sack, a two-pack of the Toda Sack. We'll tell you more about that at the time when we give them to you. So our number here again, 800-259-9231. That is not going to be the number you'll need for the giveaway. So uh, you'll, be listening, you'll have to be listening for that number uh, when we do it. 
We've been talking uh, throughout the hour uh, so far tonight about this crackdown, this ludicrous crackdown against the Cub Scouts here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, the place where we produce this uh, this radio program. And, you know, we don't focus a whole lot on what goes on here in Keene, but when something particularly outrageous uh, transpires, it deserves to be talked about. In fact, this news story about the Cub Scouts getting cracked down on has uh, hit the mainstream media. Fox News was reporting on it today. They did, yep. Uh, in fact, I saw a post over at freekeen.com in the comments section on one of these stories that apparently uh, there was a radio station in Cleveland as well that was talking about it on their morning show. So I guess the AP picked it up. I haven't seen it myself, The whatever version of, of it is they're, they're discussing nationally. But nonetheless, these uh, cops essentially going and threatening Cub Scouts and demanding that they shut down their cotton candy table, also threatening some folks that were running a homeless shelter bake sale, simply because they didn't bow down before the their city masters and beg for permission slips and pay whatever the arbitrary amount is that has been decided that one must pay in order to, be, to have the ability to benefit their charity from the thousands of people that come into Keene, New Hampshire for the yearly pumpkin festival. You know, I haven't seen a huge amount of sort of hate mail or the, the haters that come in and, oh, you you troublemakers and this and that. The two comments that I have seen related to this story are, well, what's the big deal? Why didn't you just get a permit? Well, for one, the permit isn't available at that point. Uh, it's not like they'll they'll give you a permit on day of. Secondly, uh, you know, when, in the Cub Scouts case, they've been doing it for quite some time. Now, obviously, this isn't true for the the hundred nights, but one's really got a question. It's the when, homeless shelter. The, yeah, the hundred nights is the homeless homeless shelter. One's really got a question. This is the same building that the home shel- homeless shelters in, right there on Main Street. Why is it that you need a permit in order to set up a table during a festival in right in front? of your own building because it has because been somebody decreed. Else has sold the, the the real estate right out from underneath you essentially mm-hmm. because the masters in the city of uh, city government have decreed it so right it's not like uh, anybody asked hundred nights homeless shelter whether or not it would be okay if they had a festival in their front yard that's true that's true but then again, it doesn't matter because the city's in charge, not 100 Nights. It's not their front yard. It's the city's front yard. It's not their shelter. It's the city's shelter. It's not your home. It's the city's home. All these and things are true. if you don't believe true. that's true, try not paying the property taxes on your home and see what the city does. They're going to sell your home out from under you. How can they do that? Well, clearly they must own it. Now, if you ask them a question like that, they will categorically de- – no, no, of course you, you own, own it. Your, you own that's, your you, house. You're the one who pays the taxes on it. Uh-huh. You must own it. Yeah. But uh, the, the, if, you, if you replace the word taxes, property taxes, with rent, I mean, what difference is it really? It's an annual rent that's right. to the, the lords for the privilege of living in their little burg. I, absolutely. I, if, you, if you don't pay it, you get kicked out. If you don't pay your rent, you get kicked out. I, whatever property taxes is, it's the, close, the closest thing in the real world it is, not in government land where they make up new, new words for all kinds of things. The closest if it is in the real world is rent. Now, rent to a landlord. And a lord meaning somebody over you. You know, I wonder uh, what would have transpired had there been just kids at this uh, this table, young people at the cotton candy table, the Cub Scouts. Let's say an adult was just nearby supervising but not clearly in charge. And the police come over to uh, to intimidate them and, and to get them to uh, to move. But these kids love liberty. 
and they understand that the police are a, a marauding gang that in many cases, sometimes they actually help people, but in many cases they're just aggressing against peaceful folks. And in this case, they would be definitely aggressing against peaceful uh, young uh, teenagers or, uh, or uh, preteens selling cotton candy to folks. What if the kids didn't move? And then the police actually did have to... You know, they were called on their bluff, essentially, that they would have to go ahead and arrest uh, a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old or something like that. They could just have the cops pick up the table and move it. They could, but where are they going to take it? Somewhere elsewhere. I, yeah, I see where you're coming from, but it uh, would certainly be an interesting situation. And what would happen? Would they charge the parents with some sort of a crime? Would they would they trump something up, come up with a reason to try to take the kids from the parents? Because I just, bet they would. I wonder about that. And I and it's a scary it's gotta be a really scary thing to be a parent who loves liberty and wanting to get out there and do things with your kids. Because I've seen uh, the, like at the Free Keen Fest, which actually happened the day after the Pumpkin Festival, there were some parents that brought their kids out, and those kids were selling things, uh, things like limeade and ice cream, and uh, I think there was uh, some baked goods as well that were being sold. I bought a cupcake. It was $2, a little pricey, but the kids are cute, so, you know, it's, it's worth the extra going to buy clothes for them, yeah. so... Yeah. So, uh, so, and and thankfully, the police did not come out to harass Free Keen Fest. They completely left Free Keen Fest alone uh, the following day. Did you say those cupcakes were pricey? Because I felt like I got my money's worth. You did. Yeah. It was delicious know. cupcake. Was good. It was good. Yeah. It was a tasty, uh, tasty cupcake. Yeah. And it was the only cupcake there, so I guess the price was right. <laughs> right. Um, so it was anyway, a high level of service. How how often do you get like uh, three young children waiting on you? Yeah, um, but the, so the good news of, about Free Keen Fest was it, it remained unmolested and it hasn't been molested by the police for for a few years. And I was a little concerned that they might try to crack down after what they did with the the Cub Scouts. Uh, but it's got to be difficult for a parent who has a young uh, child or a, or a teenager or you know a preteen that's that's wants to get active, wants to get their kids active, but but worries about what the consequences might be as a result of that. Sure. And I'd love to have maybe some parents weigh in on this, uh, particularly the ones that are willing to, you know, kind of put their uh, involve their kids in their level of activism, which in this case was essentially civil disobedience that these kids were performing. I mean, by going out and setting up a table and uh, and vending, they were definitely breaking some city ordinance. There was a violation of a city ordinance going on there. And... If they don't back down, what would happen to them? I just, I'm just curious. Nothing good. 1-800-259-9231. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, put your kids up and have them sell some coffee. I don't have kids. I don't have uh, anything to risk in that particular situation. Uh, and, and I'd also love to see adults come to the rescue of these kids in that case and, you know, surround the table and protect the kids from being arrested uh, by allowing themselves to be arrested as uh, as well. Um, but all of this requires some level of sacrifice or, or an investment of, of one's freedom in, uh, in return for the hopes that people not just bowing down to these government goons will prevent uh, such abuses from happening in the future. Because that's really how it tends to seem to work out is the government guys play it as a numbers game. That's why when they came after the, uh, the table that you, were, uh, that you were around, Sam, the, the homeless shelter bake sale, they waited until they had enough cops around, half a dozen or more, right. uh, to, to you know, f- 
fold themselves in on the scene and intimidate as much as they could. If it was just one cop standing there, it would be pretty easy for a crowd of activists to just blow him off and not worry so much about what he might do. Uh, But when they've got more of them than there are of you, they get emboldened by that. And if you back down, then they get ever further emboldened by that. But of course, if you don't back down, then there's a good chance you might be going into a, a cold jail cell. So it's a really difficult situation for people to get involved in. But the more people that we have that are willing to stand up and are willing to uh, to not back down, I think the more the more likely we will begin to win these little uh, standoffs, if you will, and that they would be less likely to even uh, initiate them in the first place. So that's it's it's really the long and the short of it. Um, when you're, I don't know why it is that police officers uh, want to have pretty much is a one to one ratio in dealing with people in the public, but that's what they seem to want. They you know they they feel emboldened when they outnumber you. It's a common bullying tactic. Right? And uh, well, whatever uh, whatever the reason is, I don't. I'm not proposing to know the reason that these guys do what they do, but that seems to be the way it is. So if you've got uh you know some people doing some civil disobedience and one cop walks by and he decides you know i just don't want to deal with it i'm not right we've we got five guys on duty there's 25 people out here forget it and that's usually what happens and oh by the way let me put this all in perspective everything we've been discussing here with the crackdown on the cub scouts and the homeless shelter uh, applying six or more police to this particular event was during an event where thousands of people are present many of them drunken Fights can happen. Vandalism can happen. Mark, you mentioned during the break that the YMCA had their door smashed in. Yeah, at some somebody point threw something this, through the uh, uh, the glass door during of the YMCA. Event. That actually was the front window. So maybe you know, maybe if the police hadn't been cracking down on itinerant vendors, people peacefully selling things for benefiting charities, they might have actually caught some real criminals in the act. Hmm, maybe, but clearly their uh, priorities are a little screwed up. Because they're the government and, well, they don't have to do whatever they don't want to do because, well, you'll have to pay for whatever it is they decide they want to do. 800-259-9231. Hour 2 is up next. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features 
on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You can go there and actually add to the website the entire content. The main column of the site has been created by listeners like you. If it weren't for listeners like you submitting things to our website, we'd have nothing there. Uh, so thank you for everybody that has done so. If you haven't yet done so, you can learn how. Go to freetalklive.com. Uh, learn about the bookmarklet, which makes it even easier than ever to submit show prep to the site. As you're surfing around the web, if you find something you think is interesting, you want to share with our listeners, you just submit it to the website, and then other listeners vote as to whether they like or dislike them. The most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see it and more likely to therefore talk about it on the air. Oh, by the way, coming up, Mark, we got to do something that we didn't get to last night. You had a story about the Postal Service and they're just an awfully bureaucratic organization, but there's a certain factor that is making it even more difficult for them to attempt to adjust to the changing times. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But first, your phone calls. Uh, That's what the point of the show is. You can take control of the airwaves. Joe is in South Carolina. And Joe, you're on with Ian, Sam, and Mark on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, Thanks for having me on. I had uh, something I wanted to bring up and kind of hear it. Maybe your guys' advice or your take on it. Sure. I, uh, about three months ago, I migrated from the state of Ohio to the state of South Carolina. And on my journey, I was traveling through Columbia, South Carolina, and I got pulled over for speeding. Oh, boy. Even though I, I felt I was going to reasonable speed. And um, so now I have this ticket that I have to go defend myself against on Thursday, so uh, two days from today. And um, I just wanted to hear what you guys had to uh Maybe what you guys could offer as far as maybe what I could do or a strategy or some ideas to how I can kind of divert having to pay money out to this to this municipality that I, I just feel is unjustly demanding that I pay them. Well, if you're not going to use the Mark Stevens approach, um, and uh, you can find that at uh, markstevens.com. Is that Dot right? Net. Dot net. Mark with a C. Um, if you're not going to use that, uh, and I and I honestly, I think it's very difficult for somebody who's untrained to to use that particular technique. Um, I, I I would definitely look at the uh, the jurisdictionary.com uh, course, and basically that's going to tell you how to handle things. But it's very close, and I don't know if you can get it in your, in your hands that quickly. If you're going to just be going to traffic court, and likely you won't actually be going to uh, to court, because sometimes they'll put these roadblocks in your way. These First, you'll have to see a magistrate before you actually yeah. get to see a judge, and d- all kinds of different weird things that they'll do. Each state's different. Uh-huh. First, firstly, I'd say that if you're, uh, you know, if are you in South Carolina? Are you somewhere near this place? Are you having to divert a great deal of your time to this? Yes. I'm going to, just to give you a little more background, I'm going to have to, uh, it's a three-hour drive, right? And so, and I've already done this once. I did this about one and a half months ago. I went there thinking I was going to court, you know, just to stand before a judge and whatnot. And I find out because a week before I showed up, I actually filed a motion for discovery because I thought I was going to have to be defending myself that day. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I showed up, I guess by filing this motion, it kind of raised a flag with the local police department. So when I actually showed up thinking I was going to court, what they told me was that uh, there's an automatic sort of continuance because the police department off actually um, requested that it be a jury trial as opposed to just like a bench trial with the judge. And oddly enough, in the state of South Carolina, the police actually have the right to a jury trial. If you can get that. a jury trial on a speeding ticket? That's amazing. I did in Texas. They have the right, just as a normal defendant or a citizen does, the police actually have a right to a jury. Why would they want yeah. one is what I'm wondering. 
Well, because no they'll give idea. the jury. Well, it's of course they they think it's going to be an open and shut case. I mean, they're going to uh-huh. all right. This kid, he's going to file a motion. Well, we're going to take this to a jury trial, and uh, we'll show him. And they'll because, get a yeah. They'll get a bunch of old people. This is what happened to right. me. It was old people mm-hmm. in there who have already made up their minds. They're all about law and order, and this is just somebody who's trying not to pay. And we'll right. teach this him a young lesson. man. Uh, ladies and yeah. gentlemen of the jury, this young man refused to uh, to just pay his fine, and he has demanded by filing motions that we uh, we waste taxpayer dollars on this case. And how dare he? And you should punish him by finding him guilty and you know issuing the maximum fine, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. And of course, Sam's right; they're going to pick the most uh, statist, the most pro, mm-hmm. uh, the most pro cop jury they possibly can. You could try to head that off by doing some fully informed jury association outreach reach at the uh, right. at the trial good luck it, though i mean you've got jury the, these jurors have been drafted into slavery basically so they're sitting there thinking are you kidding me this guy made us come out here for a speeding ticket mm-hmm. i had to take off work and i'm getting like eight dollars for this all day right yeah. and the trial is going to consist of the police officer talking about what it, you know how he uh, tracked your speed and the, okay the the radar is checked and you know I, I well he was going this way on this uh, this time and i shot him with the radar and i pulled him over and they're just going to go through their spiel about what their side of it is and then what are you going to say i mean i even i feel like even if i made the perfect defense you know maybe i could call him and maybe find some sort of loophole in him saying his, you know, whatever speed-detecting device wasn't calibrated or he didn't have the certificate for it. He's still just making this emotional appeal to, you know, 10 or so of these old people of my peers who are going to side with him anyways. And so it doesn't really seem to matter, like, what I do. It seems like it's already, you know, it's so slanted to one side. There's nothing I can really do. Question for you. In South Carolina, do they tack on court costs if it goes to a jury trial? They do tack on court costs if you lose, no matter what. But I don't know how much a jury costs or if it's this huge additional fee. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's, that would explain why they took it to a jury trial. We'll just teach right. him a lesson this little and hit punk him with another to, $200 bill. Right. This little punk wants to file a motion. All right, now we're going to a jury trial, and now the price is going up. So there, you're going to teach him a lesson. And they are. Uh, I mean, where where are you going to get? Even if you, uh, like you say, there's virtually no chance you're going to possibly win this unless you can manage to get the jury to nullify, somebody on the jury to nullify this verdict somehow. But bringing that yeah. up in court is uh, very risky. That may end well, up getting you a contempt of court charge and what kind of level of activism do you have there in south carolina to back you up how, how many folks are going to be able to to help you by doing a fully informed jury outreach outside of the courthouse on that day i mean that's a that's a great point i mean i have two friends since i've been living here three months so how many of your two friends are willing to put their butts on the line for you yeah no no probably not at all because you're on the like line. Because whenever you're out doing fully informed jury association outreach, your butts are on the line. I mean, it may it it is one of the easiest forms of outreach. It is one of the best form. I think of the simplest uh, and quickest forms of activism. But anytime you're challenging the status quo and you're visibly doing so in public, there's a good chance the police may single you out to be targeted. For, and, and these cops probably have never dealt with a fully informed jury outreach before. Around here in Cheshire County, New Hampshire, it's as regular as you know clock 
clockwork. Uh, but uh, but down there in South Carolina, this is probably the first time they've uh, they've dealt with it. And true enough, the first time we did it, the cops came out to ask some questions, but there were more of us than there were of them, and they didn't do anything about it. So that was the end of our interactions with them. But but down there, if it's you and and one friend, they're going to intimidate you, and they may even arrest you for some trumped up nonsense like disorderly conduct. The question really becomes to anybody that is uh, is a liberty loving person anywhere outside of New Hampshire is how much are you willing to risk and what's it worth? You know, yeah. And, and it, go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say is, is uh, you know, a lot of these things, uh, you know, it's not being very helpful for your situation. I, I don't hold a lot of hope for honestly anybody who's doing some kind of activism. And as far as I'm concerned, I consider taking your case to court. That's activism. activism. Um, I don't hold a lot of uh, hope outside of New Hampshire, but I'm a zealot. Okay, and I understand that. I think taking it to court is better than not taking it to court. But they, they not if you have to pay court costs. They've set things up as roadblocks, uh, to, uh, you know, to to you doing this. And I think that, you know, probably in this instance, the best thing that you can do, uh, since you don't have much time left, is uh, you know, stress the point that. Uh, you know, was I conducting myself in a safe fashion? If they say something like, "Well, going over the speed limit's not safe," um, it won't you, matter. You're keeping the up the traffic. It won't matter. The instructions to the jury will be: the question is not whether or not Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Joe had uh, conducted himself safely. The question is whether or not he violated the speeding law. And clearly, the the officer's tef- testimony has shown beyond a preponderance of the evidence or reasonable doubt, whichever the uh, the one that they're using is, uh, that that he did. So we can bring it back here in a moment if you want. Hang on uh, more to this discussion. And if you've got advice, call in. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there for free. Features like our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com will get you there. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. How soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured with my son, Jack, I couldn't start soon enough. I got the uh, child's book, An Island Called Liberty, and it's a picture book for children. I read it to uh, Jack all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorites, and it's certainly one of Jack's favorites. He has uh, had me reading it over and over again. He doesn't want to read it one time. He wants to read it three times in a row. (laughs) It's An Island Called Liberty, and hopefully it will, um, you know, the the child, especially you, hopefully it'll become as as important to them as it is to Jack. You can get it at freemarketunderdog.com, an island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. Use coupon code FTL to save 10%. All right. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Back to Joe in South Carolina. He was traveling, uh, ended up getting hit with a speeding ticket in a different part of South Carolina, about three hours away uh, from where he's living. Is, uh, is that right so far, Joe? 
Yeah, that's right. And you are kind of wondering, you know, what to do in this particular case, because as a lot of our listeners uh, are, uh, you're very excited about the idea of getting active and standing up for your rights and doing something uh, to, you know, attempt to stick it to the state as uh, as much as you possibly can, or at the very least feel good about yourself for not completely caving and uh, and bowing into their demands. And I don't blame you uh, for feeling that way. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure have that uh, sensation they want to do as much as they possibly can where they are. I just, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, man. There ain't much you can do if it's just you, Joe. There really isn't. Yeah, and that's kind of where I feel like I'm at. I feel like I, I really have two two um, options, that, and when I'm going to choose one of them to go about this, one of them is I'm just going to try to cop the best deal I can, whatever it is they offer me, take it, plead guilty, pay the fee, and just kind of have this demoralized feeling of, well, you know, they they got me, you know, and I paid them, and everybody makes out in the end except for me. Yep. Everybody's getting paid except for me. I'm the one suffering. Or or I could just, um, the other way I would take it would just kind of disagree to do business in a way and just sort of ignore them. I mean, they're three hours away. They may try to send me letters, may try to suspend my license or whatever it is, you know, they whatever way they decide to take it. Well, you're really living in South Carolina. You're you're living in South Carolina, right? That's true. Yes, and I mean by choosing that option, I'd be putting myself out there, taking a serious risk. You I mean, certainly I have... would, because they would likely put a warrant out for you at some point. And... Yeah, that's that that option's not going to work for real life. Um, so you know, your other option is is to go through the court case, uh, say that I refuse to pay this, uh, put me in jail. So you could choose to uh, to pay off your fine and, and with with jail time. That presumes they let you do that in South Carolina. It, I don't likely you do they? will. Uh, a lot of states they'll just suspend your license and then you you. You won't be able to drive. Don't want to tell so, you. Yeah, so I, don't, I wouldn't jump to a conclusion, Mark, about how things work in South Carolina. We may be familiar with the way things are in uh, in New Hampshire, and things are better. The, the court system, as broken as it is here in New Hampshire, is better than it is in a lot of places. I've never heard of anybody being charged with court costs here. Uh, it says it right in the, the consti- Constitution that justice should be provided free to all the people that are forced into that system. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much any way you slice this, there isn't really anything that you can do unless maybe if you had a group of activists there, you could bring people out. You could do fully informed jury association firing uh, on this uh, this particular j- jury panel day. Uh, possibly that might swing one juror in your favor and then they would decide that, hey, I speed too. And so I'm going to decide not guilty on this because I just learned about jury nullification. What are the odds of that happening? I don't know. But as we were talking before, that requires some level of activism uh, to back you up and you mentioned that you've lived there for a, for a little while or for just a short while you only have two friends it's very unlikely that your two friends are also uh, activists who are willing to take a risk in order to back you up on this in fact I lived in Sarasota my uh, whole first 26 years of my life and I can't say for certain that I would be able to uh, to get people together to uh, you know to really do something like that down there so what's the best choice in this case? Probably to just pay the fine and uh, try to you know see it. Maybe they'll offer you a plea deal at the last moment, but I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. If they're the ones calling for the jury trial, they're expecting they're going to probably get more money out of you for for the court costs in that particular case. So maybe yeah. they might they might not even offer a deal. You know, there there are other options when you don't have forty eight hours to go. Um, you can right. you know jurisdictionary.com has a great course for fighting uh, uh, tickets. There there are other there are attorneys out there that'll handle these situations for you. 
you and you know guarantee you know so give you some level of guarantee then things you're like that pouring money into an attorney i mean what, what would you rather who would you rather give your money to it presumes you're going to win with the attorney it does. yeah there's no guarantee of that then They'll you pay some, an attorney? actually some of them will give some level of guarantee okay yeah try getting that on a traffic ticket I'm telling you that on some of some of them will give some level of guarantee on traffic. I'm not talking really? about, uh, you know, it's it's some level. It's not, you know, the perfect guarantee mm-hmm. where they're going to come and visit you every day in jail with a cake. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's some level of guarantee. I say, you know, I, my advice has always been if you've got the bug for activism, hold it as much as you possibly can and try to stay below the radar, uh, try to you know, obey their uh, ar- arbitrary diktats as much as you can while you save your money and get yourself up here to New Hampshire where you can actually have people backing you up. I mean, things aren't going all rosy up here either. Activists are still getting put in jail. People are going to trial. They're going to jail. There's going to be another trespass trial tomorrow here in Keene. And uh, folks have been going to jail for that. So, uh, But at least here you've got people to back you up. Somebody's going to feed your cat if you're gone or uh, you've got the moral support as well and the numbers are growing here whereas the activism in the other parts of the country you just can't say the same things uh, to any extent about what's happening there compared to what's happening here so if you can cut a deal with them uh, then that might be the way to go or try your hand at the jury trial and you know roll the dice it, it'll certainly be interesting you may end up paying more for it but it'll be a learning experience yeah i feel like um probably the first way you suggested is really my only way i mean no matter what, I really feel realistically that I'm just going to lose this one, and so it's probably best just to keep my mouth shut and stay invisible until I can get out of here. One of the things I did in the one of the jury trials that I had in Plano that I went through mostly to gain experience is I pointed out uh, in the first trial that this is not there's no way that I'm getting a fair trial here because I'm not from the onset I have not been treated equally. Every one of you, and I, and I pointed to the jury, just like me, was disarmed when we walked in this building. But yet, if I look right here to my left, I see a pistol on his hip. So if we're supposedly equal in the eyes of the law, how is it that I was disarmed along with you guys and this man sitting here with a weapon? It'll be an ex- a learning experience if he goes for the jury trial, no doubt about well, it. Well, and that almost threw the case. One of the jurors did not want to find me guilty because of that. And in the next uh, speeding ticket case, they banned me from saying anything about the firearms. <laughs> hey, Joe, if you, uh, whatever you decide to do, will you let us know what happens? I will. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for I appreciate the call it. I'm going to get off. Yep, appreciate hearing from right. you. At 800-259-9231, the Tota Sack. It is uh, a way to carry in more grocery bags than you've ever carried, likely, in one hand. It's an amazing little device. I use it whenever I bring the groceries back in uh, from the car. And you can get yourself a two-pack. You can go to totasack.us to learn more about the Tota Sack. But if you know what it is, you probably want two of them. And you can get them if you are... Caller number one right now at 603-435-1105. First caller in gets it. 603-435-1105. Two-pack of the Tota Sack is yours. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, 
That is freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam's here from obscuredtruth.com. You can head over there, watch his videos, liberty-oriented stuff, mostly focusing on some of the activism here in New Hampshire, but sometimes uh, it focuses a little wider. You can go to, again, obscuredtruth.com to experience some of that. Uh, By the way, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. That's what we did. Uh, Sam, you moved here from Texas. Mark and myself made the move from Florida. People have been coming from all across the country, and in many cases, people from around the world are working on getting here to New Hampshire because they understand the value in concentrating activism. It sucks when you love freedom and you're all alone wherever it is you are. And if there's five people in your area, you're basically all alone. There's not much that can be done when you have limited activist resources on your hands. And it goes beyond that because you're also surrounded by people who just don't get the message of liberty. So you're pretty much starting from zero with most of the people out there, and they're not going to understand these ideas that you've come across off the bat. It's going to take a lot of explaining, a lot of hand-holding, and it's it's a slow and arduous process if you're trying to sort of make a difference when you're just starting from scratch versus being up here around other activists with all the efforts and things combined that are already happening. There's a lot happening now. I, we're going to see a lot more soon, I, I would hope, as more people get here and, and start doing things. I mean, I can think of things that I'd, I'd like to see start. I don't have time to start them myself. Right. And other folks are, you know, a lot of the people that have moved here early are younger people. They don't have the capital. They don't have the free time to invest in doing some of the more advanced uh, time-investing sorts of activism that uh, that are out there. And I think we're going to see some of that uh, happen as more people that are business owners or, or family types come up here and, and get plugged in in different ways and so i'm excited to see just to continue to watch the activism that we're seeing already expand into new areas and the more people we have here the sooner we get them here the more becomes possible there are things that are happening here i could never have i could only have dreamed of happening when i was living down in florida I mean, they were just the my wildest imagination down there and here they've become real and that can happen for you, too. So maybe there's something you've always wanted to do as far as activism was concerned, but you've just never really figured out a way to do it. You just don't have your friend. Your friends don't care. They just want to party. Uh, you, the other act is so-called activists in your area aren't that interested. Uh, what do you do? You're screwed. You can't do anything. The only solution is to get together with the people that are willing to do with the people that and the people that make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project are a cut above the rest of the activists in the country because they pulled up their roots and made the move. They made the move, in many cases, from as far away as California or others, again, as they say, around the world. People are coming. Of, Will Buchanan came from Hawaii. People are, are going long distances to come here to New Hampshire in order to make a brand new life for themselves, meeting all new people. Essentially, meeting strangers who really end up feeling like friends you've known your whole life, but you just didn't know them because you already have so much in common right out the gate. Uh, These people are incredibly dedicated. You have to be to make a move as part of the Free State Project. And if you're like Joe and you're down in South Carolina and you've got a speeding ticket you're dealing with, well, I think the best advice is to just deal with it, make it go away. 
pay the pay the fine and then don't speed anymore until you get to New Hampshire because that's those are several hundred dollars you could have put towards a rental truck. Those are several hundred dollars you could have put toward filling your gas tank a couple of times as you're driving to New Hampshire. And now the state's got it. You know, um, I was uh, talking to when we were out at Libertopia there when uh, on our trip uh, in L.A. Yeah, in L.A. a couple of days ago. I was talking to Mark Stevens, and I've, I've had many conversations with him the, throughout the years. And one of the things that he'd said is he doesn't speed. He goes the speed limit because he refuses to give money to these people. You know, he was emphatic about it. I'm not giving money to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally understand where he's coming from. And this is a guy who, who believes that he has a system that largely doesn't lose in court, but he still doesn't want them to rob him of his time. Yeah, who wants to go to court? So, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's his take on it. Absolutely. In fact, speaking of Libertopia, I was so impressed by what the Free State Project folks were doing there. Uh, they had the Free State Project not only had the top booth in the entire place. There was a, was a hotel, the Hilton uh, on Universal City. So it was basically on the property of Universal Studios. Really posh hotel. They had uh, the in their, I guess, auditorium that they'd rented out. There were some tables outside of the auditorium, but actually in the auditorium, which is where all of the action was happening with the panels or the, the speakers that they would have, the Free State Project had the very first position in the table. So it was the closest to all the seats. It was the most obvious uh, table positioning. So clearly they got in early on the organizing and, and got reserved the table, which was a good move. And then uh, the, whoever it was that was running the table, I believe they were the ones that came up with this, they had these stickers that they made. And I don't remember the exact phraseology on them but it said something but my to name like is mark and yeah. i'm moving for the free state project in in fill in the blank yeah 2011 yeah. Or so whatever. two blanks name and then when they were moving to new hampshire nice and it was so cool because there's all these people milling about meeting each other and socializing and and as they're getting to know one another there's these labels on their clothing or on their name badge that say i'm moving to new hampshire as part of the free state project and then what date they were moving and of course i'm going around i'm looking at these and i'm seeing now, i didn't get one but mine would have said 2006 because i've already picked yeah. up and moved uh, so yeah yeah so i mean a lot of them said 2011 there were a few 2012s but there are a good group of uh, of activists that are still out there and they're oh, yeah. planning and they're they're going to be coming here and it's just so the exciting. best liberty activism in my opinion that you can do is recruit people for the free state project because where you currently are you mean yes because yes. uh, this is uh, this is it is at uh, uh, best i can tell this is it as far as making a difference um and uh, for liberty how does I'm curious about this because I haven't been to Libertopia. How does that compare to something like Liberty Forum, size-wise, content-wise? I would say smaller than the Liberty Forum, uh, but not by a whole lot. Okay. The, 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 ho- the hotel was huge, so it was hard to judge how much space they took up in the hotel because there was a bunch of Trekkies there for a Trekkie convention that was going on at the same time. Uh, whereas when the Liberty Forum goes on, they have pretty much the, the whole hotel right. in, in Nashua. But I believe the Liberty Forum turnout is is more than uh, what they did at Libertopia. There were oh, about sure 300 folks uh, throughout the weekend at Libertopia, whereas Liberty Forum maybe f- at least 500. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what their, their numbers think, are. Yeah, yeah, it's, a big, it's, it's several days. Um, so is Libertopia. Yeah, that's that's also several days. So I'm talking about over the, over the days. But for their it first didn't event, feel as big to me, but no. I, I've got nothing bad to say about it. I don't I just, either. For their first event, they did a very good yeah, job. Yeah, incredible. Okay. So yeah, it was a convention-style event, just like uh, the Liberty Forum. So uh, 800-259-9231. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. David is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hello, David. Uh, hi. I was going to ask, um, you all talk about collectivism a lot, right? Um, Occasionally. 
I'm not really sure what it means, but I, I, um, like all free staters coming to New Hampshire and everybody congregating in New Hampshire, is that collectivism? I think that uh, collectivism would be would be uh, essentially saying people are similar, so sort of grouping people into groups. Uh, collectivism doesn't really have to do with people, uh, you know, coming together of their own accord. It's like saying, you know, all free staters believe this, or all gay people act in this way, or all black people do such and such. That's collectivism. Does that sound right to you, Ian? Uh, I would say that's fairly accurate. I can pull up a more uh, dictionary definition, but does that make sense to you, David? Um, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I was, I went to that article that you all referenced earlier regarding, uh, I, you all were talking about the pumpkin fest and all this stuff and how they trashed the keen people. Well, anyway, I wrote, I wrote something and I, I wrote a link to the, um, to the, to the video. So they'll be able to look at that. Uh, Am I so, making sense to anybody? <laughs> yeah, sure. with that thought, uh, collectivism, Mark, it, you, what you were describing was more like stereotyping, though it can be accurate what you're saying. Uh, collectivism is a political principle of centralized social and economic control, especially of all means of production. So it can be used in different uh, so socialism in different ways. Yeah, uh, David, if you had more, you're welcome to hang on. We'll bring it back at 800-259-9231 because I was looking that up and I didn't really hear what he was saying. So uh, hang on. More with David and your thoughts as well. I'll bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Just dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Sam and Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations across the country. Bringing more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You know, just as an aside, a story we uh, we were at the Los Angeles convention, uh, talk radio convention, where we were that was where we were over the weekend, and uh, we got to meet one of our program directors. Uh, it was it was a good positive experience. Uh, one of the program directors of our existing uh, radio affiliates. And he actually said that he likes to call Free Talk Live Anarchy Radio. <laughs> he did say that, yes. <laughs> and I thought that was, uh, you know, he loves the show. Yeah. Uh, and I just he certainly, that was cute. he certainly acted like he did. And I said, I don't know if uh, marketing Anarchy Radio would be as effective as marketing Free Talk Live, but yeah. I, I do, uh, did find that amusing. So, Free Talk Live uh, AMP program gives you perks. You get access to neat things like the AMP only call in lines and forum and more. Three bucks a month is what it costs, and it helps us get out there and get the show out there to new markets and getting new people listening and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. In fact, David is, I believe, still on the line with us here in New Hampshire. David? I am. All right. So what were you saying right before we went to break? Because I was looking up collectivism and I was distracted. Yeah, I I was um, was, uh, just referring to the um, article that y'all referenced earlier. It's called Paul Miller's Take on the Pumpkin Festival. 
Yeah, this is a local newspaper editor here right. in Keene, New Hampshire, who was cri- uh, criticizing local activists for uh, allegedly getting loud uh, when the police came and threatened uh, some charity uh, folks from se- selling their baked goods at a local event in downtown Keene. And uh, my yeah, contention, basically embellishing uh, and adding negativity where there was where there probably wasn't any, which well, happens frequently. I don't know. I saw this. I saw some of the time. footage. I mean, people were upset. Uh, I would be upset if I were there and I saw the police cracking down on some Cub Scouts selling cotton candy. I would be pretty upset about that. And I think, uh, I think, you know, certainly it, no, would be, I mean, it wouldn't be unreasonable to be upset in that uh, in that way. No, I mean, I mean, he was heaping more negativity on on the free staters than was warranted which oh right be because a it's okay thing sure i mean happen. by his by his perspective by the newspaper uh, editor's perspective it's totally okay for the cops to go in and shut down a cotton candy stand the cub uh, cub scouts are running or shut down a bake sale to benefit the local homeless shelter it's only a problem when people start getting upset about it and right. getting loud the big problem was profanity when kids are around but one thing he didn't say is that oh my god my god these the, the people on the other side were walking around with guns on their hips threatening with, kids with children around <laughs> With tossing stuff at uh, at, at uh, Cub Scouts, or at least treating them, you know, I, I don't know how to, to really describe this, but just treating the stuff that they had in sort of this this haphazard fashion, um, you know, and really just making a bad name for law enforcement all over. Well, um, yeah. So I um I looked it up online, and I put a um they you know how that they allow you to do a response to the uh, the, the article that. Was put there. Yeah, this is the, the keensentinel.com website. Right. So I did that, and I um, and I did bring to the attention of whoever might read it the the fact that the police shut down the the two things, the um, homeless shelter bake sale and the uh, Cub Scouts. And I also sent a link, which I hope is okay, to the uh, video. Sure, link it uh, link it as many places as you want to. You certainly don't have to uh, to ask permission. To do that, David, I appreciate it, man. Anything else you want to share tonight? I'm just hoping it get. We'll see if it gets printed. I, I mean, put online with the video and everything. It'll be we good shall see. Did. Hopefully, it will. David, appreciate. Okay. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and you can bring up anything. David, uh, being a, a great example of a, a local person who I believe is. I don't know if this is true, but I believe he's lived here a pretty long time, maybe his whole yeah, life. He's a local. He, he's not a native, but he's been around at least 10 years, I yeah. believe. So longer so. than the Free State Project. Oh, Somebody yeah. who has uh, been paying attention and, and hasn't been angry uh, has, angry enough to actually stop listening. He's actually listened to what liberty activists have had to say instead of trying to uh, to fight them off at, uh, at every turn. And, and personally, I worry less and less about what the newspapers print because the fact is they're losing subscribers they are, you know, the old school raising prices status too. propaganda. Are they raising prices? They've, ra- they've raised their prices since I've lived here. It's all they okay. can do, essentially. Uh, well, it's not all they can do. It's all that they understand how to do. I was having this conversation with a, a newspaper guy just last week, a guy who's in the business. And I'm like, look, the only way that dailies are going to save themselves, there's only one way. And that's the model that the weeklies are using. Stop charging people for your paper. I can't imagine paying 75 cents for one of these papers. I mean, it's just, there's Mm -hmm. not that much local reporting. It's It's, a a thin paper. It's an ad venue. (laughs) Increase your subscribership by asking people if they want it for free. Mm -hmm. Send it to them, because in order to send it as as cheaply as you can, you have to have a subscription, um, basically. So, uh, you know, make them fill out a, a form to get it for free. Get the subscription. Send them 
the, uh, the the paper and just have the ads in there. Have local ads. Make the ads pay for the the paper because they're killing themselves charging seventy five cents or a dollar for a daily. Yeah, well, the that, local the local newspaper. Sam, just give you a little brief history since you were you've only been here almost two years. Right. I mean, I've been here four, and the, when I got here, it wasn't long after we arrived that they actually raised the price of the paper. I think from I don't know what it was, it was originally, but it went up quarter, to right? seventy five cents. Maybe it was fifty cents. I don't, I don't know. know, but it went up a bunch. I mean, if it was fifty. Fifty to a seventy-five cents—that's a fifty percent price increase. The uh, the Sunday paper is a buck fifty. At the same time, they actually cut back on the amount of pages in the in the paper. So they increased their uh, they decreased their costs and raised their prices at the same exact time. And then later, just recently, within the last year, they sh- they shrunk the format of the paper. So yep. they cut their costs again by actually physically trimming down the size of the pages. The pages no longer fit the width of the paper boxes. You know, when you look at the uh, the dispensing machines, there's a window where you can see the latest edition that used to fill the full width of the window. It no Not longer anymore. does. It is too thin now. And, you know, they've done some good things, I think, with the paper. I don't think, you know, on the, the scale of People newspapers, want it's journalism. the paper. They want journalism. This is just an old business model that doesn't work anymore, and it needs to be tossed. I'm not saying stop printing papers. I'm saying stop charging for dailies. But that's only half of the problem. I mean, their, their distribution model is certainly something they could improve. But the other problem is they're not producing journalism anymore they're producing government press releases they hire stenographers who go in and take down what the government says and then reprint it Uh, there's no critical thinking among their listeners they think their people are idiots because they openly lie to them and deceive them and mislead them and and present totally biased articles as fair and balanced or whatever they want some are but the fact is what the the normal consumer is doing is going through biased uh, uh, you know, uh, ad venues all over the place. Not ad venues, but uh, news venues all over the place. There's, it's all it is. All it is out there is biased um, uh, uh, opinion yes. venues, and the f- people are pretty good at you know taking the facts out or they believe what they want to believe. Whatever that doesn't really matter as far as saving the model. Uh, people, people are are will consume. People are con- continuing to consume the New York Times online and their stuff online. It's just that they they're not buying the paper, you know. And that's to me from being in the business that I think that's the solution to their problems. Well, I was actually at the newspaper before I went to the trip uh, to L.A. Because uh, one of the guys that uh, that is a journalist there, he's interested in doing a story about Free State Project versus Free Keen, kind of it's actually kind of a story that's already been done at the New Hampshire uh, uh, NPR, the NPR yep. NHPR. And actually, the lady that did that story, really nice lady, uh, she works for the newspaper. So uh, you know, I don't want to besmirch the folks that work for this uh, this paper. I think the editors are much more stuck in the mud than yes. the reporters are. That's been my observation. Well, the reporters cycle through, so they aren't uh, they haven't been they haven't had to deal with. Uh, the, the the length of time the Free State Project's been kind of some cycle you know, some, some don't what it, um, but uh, so so I had a nice hour long conversation with this reporter where I you know cleared up some of the issues I talked about the the trespassing situation that uh, this ludicrous situation that's been going on up here and and so we'll see how that particular article comes out to try to just kind of put some clarification out there about what freekeen.com is versus the Free State Project etc yeah. so there's some interest and they are talking about us and you can't fault them for that. No, no. You know, I'm not saying that they're all bad, but I think that clearly there is a slant to support the state. 
There's a status status slant, but in so many different news venues. It's just all over. It's it's not just Keen. It's not just newspapers. It's everything almost everywhere. They're indoctrinated to this. But what they're facing nowadays is new is competition like they haven't before. Because Mm -hmm. before, it's always been the... Well, we have our journalistic standards and we do things this way and, you know, just on and on. Whereas now you have all of the independent media that has has grown bigger than the mainstream media. And they are presenting these ideas. But the difference is the audience is really actually encouraged to think about what they're what they're being, the information that's being put in front of them. I just checked uh, freekeen.com traffic rank on Alexa in the United States, 56,000, uh, almost 57,000 versus the Keen Sentinels website 73,000. So our freaking.com is more popular of a website than the you know this 100-year-old newspaper. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free. So head on over there and enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to actually control the content. As you're surfing about, you find something online that you think is pretty neat, you want to share with our listeners, whether it's a blog post or a video or a news item, you just submit it as show prep to the site, and then other listeners will vote on whether they like or dislike it, and the most liked will make it to the front page in the top of the website at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Of course, we will take your calls about absolutely anything, but uh, this hour, Mark, let's talk about something we promised last night we didn't get a chance to get around to, uh, because really, it's not a news show. We talk about issues on this program. Um, But there are some interesting issues out there that are tied in with some of the news, and in this case, the Postal Service has been desperately trying to figure out how to deal with, well, a a bunch of factors. Number one, the economy is uh, is a little tougher now than it was before, so they're dealing with that. Uh, Number two, they're also still dealing with the, the exodus from snail mail that has been going on ever since the advent of the Internet. And as the Internet becomes more popular, more people just decide... Well, we don't really need to get anything in the mail anymore. We can send all of our, uh, you, you know, you, Mark, you send uh, pictures of your, your son Jack to your mom down in Florida. Uh, you send videos of Jack uh, to your mom down in Florida. You can't do that easily with the Postal Service. Uh, there's really not much you can do with the Postal Service, and it's very costly to use the Postal Service. So people know these things, and they, you really are just... The Postal Service is pretty much just dealing with um, spam mail and the Luddites <laughs> Junk mail. that uh, refuse to use the Internet these days. Well, you know, sometimes people will send ni- – it's it, it, every once in a while it's nice to get a card through the mail, okay? I mean, you know mm-hmm. – d- d- sure. but I think that that is diminishing over time in value to people. You I, can send those over the Internet too. Right. I, I just – I think that there's a generation behind mine that doesn't mm-hmm. care that much about, uh, about whether a card comes through email or whether – I'll throw your card away. 
But like, okay. what else do you do I'm with a card? I'm not sending you any Christmas right. cards, pal. I'll I look think... at it and then throw it in the trash. <laughs> well, you I... have to set them out on the fireplace for the holidays, Yeah, yeah that's man. what you do with God. them. You set them out for a little while so that you can enjoy them for, for a period of time. But yeah, you could be an unfeeling, soulless bastard like Ian. How many people? Choice. How's your relationship with your mom and dad, Ian? I think it's pretty it's b- right. better. They came up here for a little right. while. They visited. But <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you enjoy it? You've already gotten the joke. You read it the first time. You enjoyed it then. What's those the, those nice people sent get, me some nice things. Yeah, I, us, I usually get pictures of like the, the family or the kids or something playing, and mm-hmm. so I set those out, and yeah, it, it's nice to look at. I mean, beyond when you look at it the first time. It's enjoyable the first time, but how many times can you get the same Garfield joke and, uh, and, and enjoy it over and over again? It's I not supposed to be funny again. It's supposed to be, oh, they sent me something nice. I, yeah. You know, you think about them uh, a few times. And, I see. And then, but you do toss them. Gotcha. That's It's what you have to do. Uh, you, you know. Well, some people collect them, and then they save them, and, and they're Rats. You could create a fire right. <laughs> hazard or something. I, As I though know. they're going to look back through all of their years of uh, Christmas cards and and uh, you know get all teary-eyed over them. I make an effort to make sure I get the return address into my electronic address book so I at least have that. There you go. Have the so, ability to write back. Where the hell were we going with this conversation? We were talking know. about post office. people sending stuff through the mail. Right, right. And, and who does it anymore? Not very many people. And so the post office, which has this tremendously large bureaucracy, larger than the I, U.S. military. One thing military, that's better about uh, sending things through the post the office army. is sending a check through the, the mail rather than through PayPal. Okay? When you send money through PayPal, they're going to hit your butt for... Not uh, true. Um, nope, you can avoid that if you are doing a personal transaction. If you aren't, if you're if you're selling something on eBay, then yeah, they're going to hit you with a three percent fee. Uh, but if you if it if I just send you money, Mark over PayPal, there's no fee. Why would you send me money? You were just talking about people sending each other money, right? I, I'm talking about sending checks. Why do you send checks? Because it's commercial. I mean, people not always. Sometimes checks, you send a check do, for a birthday or something like that. Yeah, that, that, that that's true. You could do that. Yeah. Um, you could send it through PayPal for that reason. I don't know how many checks that are sent through the mail well, are actually birthday is, checks. Okay, just tell PayPal it's personal. They don't know. Okay, I look. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, I, the fact is, when I get checks, it's for business, okay? Yeah. And when I get checks, when I get something through PayPal, they hit my butt, okay? Mm-hmm. They, they they ding me as hard as they can. I'd rather get a check through the mail and have to deal with the possibility of that check bouncing and getting the $30 fee than I would getting dinged mm-hmm. every single time I try to get a little money through PayPal. So there's a reason to use the mail instead of using uh, uh, the internet. Pay for convenience. I guess. I mean, what's convenient about it? You get it instantly? I don't want it instantly. Okay. I want all my money. Yeah. Okay. I, there's the convenience I'd like, all my money, and not have PayPal ding me for it. Thanks very much. So anyway, you were saying reasons why people would use the post office. There it is. But largely, the post office is an ad venue. It is a government-subsidized ad venue for junk mail. And here's the weird thing is that junk mail has is cheaper. It's bulk mail. And so it's kind of ended up that... You know, we're sending stuff at full price at first class mail, but Domino's Pizza or whomever, I don't mean to, to, to single out Domino's, but the pizza joints, they're sending their stuff. We're subsidizing them. They're, they're doing the bulk mail. They're getting at a cheaper rate. I, you know, at, at this point, that's almost the whole only thing that comes through are bills and, and uh, junk mail. And I think a lot of people get their bills online. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, this is uh, from Topics.com, T-O-P-X, T-O-P-I-X, Unions Thwart Postal Service Reform. The U.S. Postal Service is close to maxing out its $15 billion line of credit with the Treasury. (laughs) 
and could run out of operating cash by the end of the year. Almost out of money over there at the post office. By the way, I wanted to check my facts on this uh, just to make it clear. The post office is bigger than the Army, bigger than the U.S. Army, not the full military, bigger than the Army. Over Almost 600,000 people in the post office, about 550,000 in the, the Army. This is a huge bureaucracy. Right, and remember, they'll tell you every single time that this is a private organization. The post office was made private in the 70s. The first line in this is the U.S. Postal Service is close to maxing out its $15 billion line of credit with the Treasury. Sam, what's your line of credit for the OTN? You run a a business. What's your line of credit with the U.S. Treasury? That'd be zero that I know of. Ian, Free Talk Live. I I haven't taken out a line of credit with the U.S. Treasury, but I was just wondering, have they given you one? I never asked for it. I don't have never heard of a business that has a line of credit with the T- Department of Treasury, except not, yeah. for the post office, which is a private company. Mm-hmm. I've been told by all their employees. Everybody says this. They parrot it like a bunch of uh, of, of minor birds. The F- or they wear it proudly like a patch, like it's something they've uh, they've earned. The FDIC got a huge bailout from the Treasury in order to prevent themselves from going uh, bankrupt and being unable to uh, secure the bank accounts of all the failed banks. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think too many people consider the FDIC to be private. And yeah. this is what they they tell themselves about the post office. It's private. And this is what I'm trying to point out to them. They're lying to you. Yes, oh, yeah. there's, they're quasi-private in that they're supposed to, to be profitable, but they don't do that and they never have. So let it's me uh, continue here. Its, uh, its contract with the postal unions is preventing the USPS from implementing the cost reductions it needs to get its finances mm-hmm. under control. Labor accounts for 80, 80, that is four-fifths of the, uh, uh, of the U.S. Post Office costs. The service whoa, has... Whoa, 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 one more time. <laughs> Labor accounts for 80% of the post office costs. Absolutely. All wow. those expensive letter sorting pieces of equipment, incredibly large pieces of equipment that must cost hundreds of thousands of dollars each. Pales Tw- in comparison. 20%. What about their gas bill? I well, mean, pales in comparison. 80%. <laughs> the, su- the, the service wow, has the incredible. second largest civilian workforce in the nation, behind only behind Walmart. Are the pensions included in the 80%? 80, uh, no, they're not. Uh, but uh, they're not going to tell you that in this article. 85% of workers are protected by the collective bargaining agreement. So 15% are these sort of, you know, they have the periphery. Or yeah, they have these, the periphery people that they've managed to hire on the last few years that don't get all the benefits. Wow. The unions have become a giant anchor on the already sinking ship. Ted DeHaven, <laughs> a budget analyst for the Cato Institute, wrote right. an article these appearing in the Daily Caller. Sorry, these bureaucrats don't care. Uh, they, they, obviously, they don't care about the Postal Service. Otherwise, they would be giving in, right? They, they don't really seem to care about their... They must really believe that their future is guaranteed beyond the existence of the Postal Service. Because if they don't make these changes and get their budget in order then they could be in some real big trouble. But the Postal Service bureaucrats are just standing firm. Well, we're not going to move. We can't adjust our contracts. These are our paychecks we're talking about. No, they're just holding people hostage, holding the government hostage so they can get another bailout, period. That's a good point, yeah, because that will be what happens here. If the Postal Service says, well, we can't change because of these unions, we're just going to need money from the taxpayers. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves just by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those, including news updates. You can go to news.freetalklive.com, get signed up for our emailed updates or our Twitter or Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you will know first things you need to know about Free Talk Live. Uh, so news.freetalklive.com just sent out an update this afternoon actually announcing what uh, the same station we announced last night, WEGP in Presque Isle, Maine, on board for weeknights live, which is fantastic. So again, welcoming those folks on board and uh, also WBHP and WHOS in Huntsville and Decatur, Alabama, also now expanding their coverage of the show to take weeknights. Uh, the third hour of the show is now live Every night of the week there. So uh, welcome again. And so information like that usually gets out first via the email uh, list and then uh, via Twitter and Facebook. And you can get signed up for any one of those that you would like or more than one all for free over at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. Sickle CAI is, uh, is, is a company that does collections. They purchase, they purchase charged off receivables and they do early out billing. They, their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers. They treat them with respect because they know that not only you want to keep your clients, but uh, you want to keep your clients, but you want your money too. They treat your clients with respect at SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's first from the right-hand side of the page. The Postal Service has nearly 600,000 employees. As Mark just revealed uh, from this story, and you'll give me the source here in a moment, uh, the, the postal bureaucracy, 80% of its costs are the staff. It's a tremendously humongous bureaucracy that has its tentacles all across uh, the United States. And when they are being forced, basically, by economic circumstances and also the marketplace, uh, which is driving people away because of the Internet from using the Postal Service, they're being forced to do business differently, to look at different options as to how to do things. Now, they're a bureaucracy, and it takes them forever to figure out what to do, and half the time it's not the right thing. They're uh, probably more than half the time. It's not the right choice that they're going to make because they're not really plugged into market signals like any other business is uh, because they can always go back to mommy government in order to get the next uh, subsidy that they need to keep operating as they've always been operating. And that's really where this is all going to come down to. This story is about how the unions are essentially crippling the Postal Service even further than it's already been crippled by the, just the fact that it's a bureaucracy and uh, just, you know, not s- subject to market signals and doesn't have incentives. It's already crippled because it's a government bureaucracy, but it's crippled even further because of this union. That's right. Or multiple unions, right? Last year, the average postal worker received about $79,000. Whoa. eighty grand in total compensation. Compared to 61, What's the average American make? $61,000 for the average private sector employee. That's compensation, not uh, paycheck, okay? I don't understand. Well, there's uh, medical, medical before taxes. benefit. No, medical no. Medical benefits and stuff. Yeah, it's before taxes. 
everything that the total compensation is everything that the company pays. So including all I the see. social security taxes, any benefits, their vacation time that they're giving you and so on. Now, the, one thing I'd like to know about this is that they, they mentioned that 85 percent of workers are protected by the collective collective bargaining agreement. I would like to know how much this seventy nine thousand dollar number is drugged down by those 15 percent who are the, you know, the noobs, the the outsiders, the yeah. neophytes, uh, the, the, the freshmen, the, the ones that they don't want to give the real post office jobs to. So maybe it's more like 90,000. Who knows? It's, it, it's definitely um, something like that. So the uh, union contracts inhibit the flexibility required to effectively manage the United States Postal Service workforce, according to DeHaven. This is a guy from uh, Cato Institute. He cited the no layoff provisions that protect most workers, which uh, forces the USPS to lay off lower cost part-time and temporary workers before it can fire full-time employees. <laughs> no the matter how bad actually, you are, you can't be fired. Right. And the one, these are the ones else. that have the big paychecks. The guys with the cheapy paychecks, they can't keep. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how well you do your job. That's not the issue. Once you're in, you're in. Union contracts also make it difficult for the post office to hire part-time workers, which could result in savings and give managers flexibility in dealing with fluctuations in the workload. Only 13% of USPS employees are part-time compared to 53% for US. UPS and 40% for FedEx. Mm. Despite the USPS's difficulties, the American Postal Workers Union, which represents more than 200,000 workers, is in contract negotiations for the service with the, the service and union chief William Burris insists that a pay increase for his members is an entitlement. And he says the union wants more money, Mm-mm. better benefits. To <laughs> Haven never includes the postal union. I want everybody to think about how has their paycheck been in the last four years? Have, are they getting more money and better a, benefits? A lot of people are taking cuts. I know that in the radio business, uh, these radio companies are having a tough time, just like all a, com- a lot of companies around this country are having a tough time. And they've basically come to their uh, their employees and said, look, we, we're going to have to cut your paycheck by 5% or, or 10%. And you want to keep working in the radio industry? That's what you have to take. You know, uh, the I could solve all these people's problems if I was in charge, but that's the problem with dealing with some kind of union. If the post office went, say, four days a week instead of six. Which they've been talking about. No, they're talking about it dropping, but they're not going to be able to. They right. can't do it, Ian. They can talk all they want because the union is the one who runs this ship, and that's well, how it is with all government. Why would the union object to that? I mean, if the union could continue to get the same amount of pay and work four days a week instead then of six? Then why would they stop delivering, Ian? Why would they stop delivering? 80% of the United States Postal Service's costs right. come from uh, it says right here in the article, it comes from oh, paychecks. Yeah. So cutting down days of delivery, if Less you give gas. them the same gasoline, really, you're going to drop, what are you going to drop, a 0.4% off of their, their bottom line <laughs> Maybe here? what they what decide. What you need is the fat, uh, fat paycheck bureaucrats to sit home yeah. one day out of the week, an extra day out That's of the week. That's not going to happen. As uh, you're saying, it's not going to happen. Actually, uh, two days is, would be the right thing to do. Why do you need to get uh, mail Monday through Saturday? Why do you need that? Drop Tuesdays, drop Thursdays, and you know you'd be in good shape. I see where you're coming from, and you're right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to. Nothing's going to. Nothing's going to happen until because you guys have picked it. Sam already nailed it long, long ago. The fact is that these uh, union people are going to hold out. The post office is going to just get drugged down to the point that the United States government is going to bail it out, and they're going to yep. the, the 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 people of the United States are going to bail it out, and then they're going to continue to walk around in their skippy little blue uniforms with their neat knickers and say we're private. 
<laughs> and what's also important, what they do is they've got you buy your privates. Go ahead. What's also important to note is that in the private sector, unions are on their way out. They've been steadily declining in numbers over the past uh, several years. But when you look 6% at six percent of people who work in the private sector are union employees, and I think it's I think ninety six percent for yeah, government. It's, it's I think growing. it's like sixty percent. Yeah, it's, it's growing. It it's is. like it's like an inverse. The private market is, is going one way. The the government sector is going the other way towards unions because they don't have this this thing called a, a profit. They don't have to worry about a profit when they run out of money. Whoa, what, what you? Take you want more. the you want the U.S. mail service to fail? Is that what you want? Yep. Print it out. That's what they'll do. They'll it's just constitutional, make, so they're really stuck. They'll create a bunch of money out of thin air. They'll print it up and they'll transfer it over to the postal service, and we'll all be poorer, a poorer as a result. Not only poorer because they'll be taking money from us by the process of inflation, but poorer because we're saddled with this inefficient bureaucracy to uh, to transfer things from one point to another. And they, they will have no reason to uh, make themselves any more efficient. Instead of cutting them loose and allowing them to, to attempt to exist in the marketplace, that would whip them into shape real oh, yeah. quick. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features that you'll find there completely free, unlike those other talk show hosts in the business that want to charge you for their websites. We go to freetalklive.com. So enjoy those uh, features there, including listening options. You want to listen in uh, via our live streams? We've got two of them. There's a broadband and a dial-up flavor. Plus, you can also watch on the webcam or listen in via any phone that can dial long distance via our listen lines. You can get the number for that. Get the details over at listen.freetalklive.com. The listening options brought to you by qualityrental.com. That's right. Uh, And we thank them there at qualityrental.com for uh, sponsoring listen.freetalklive.com. The principal over there, Jim Frechette, big supporter of Free Talk Live. They play it right there in the uh, the main section where they keep all the stuff and uh, quality rental. They've got tents, chairs, all the party supplies you might need to rent if you're having some uh, party, wedding, barbecue, bar mitzvah, any kind of church gathering, and you're in the, the southern New England area. It's qualityrental.com. They can help you. Qualityrental.com. All right. So uh, we're going to continue here discussing the postal bureaucracy and just how pathetic they really are uh they talk about how they need to change because of the down economy talk about the ideas for what they can do propose the ideas uh, which may or may not be good ones and then we wouldn't know they don't get to implement them and then they'd all get shut down because their employees or members most of them over 80 percent of them are members of a union and the union is basically saying yeah 
you can't do any of that stuff. You know, unions uh, are fine once you're not when you're not dealing with a government uh, situation. Unions have a great history in this country of you know making working conditions better for people. They really did do a great job in that area, and I think that they probably could if it wasn't this sort of mingling of the government and unions together, especially when you're talking about government employees. Well, here you, they're not working to make their conditions better. They're working no. to just uh, jack well, more money from people. They'll be to better conditions, absolutely. Getting paid twice what you're getting paid is a better condition. You know. Yeah, but you know what I mean. By condition, and I sure. mean not getting your arm cut off. Right, I, absolutely. That's uh, you know that's the old those are the old days and we don't air need, conditioning yeah we don't need unions for that it, I, yeah it'd be difficult to air condition things for the post office people right they're supposed to be rain sleet and snow and all that <laughs> tough tough postal service folks so what else is going on I mean is there more to share here uh, no this is uh, this is it they've they've pretty much uh, lined it out here that uh, the post office is uh, the, the compensation package per uh, person over there is eight, about eighty thousand uh, dollars that. A, they have a fifteen thousand, dollars line of credit with the, the U.S. Treasury, and it looks like they're going to need to go a little farther because uh, labor accounts for eighty percent of the USPS's costs. Mm. Mm. So, uh, you know, this all this poppycock about them being private, not true. Often they have one dollar rents in their huge facilities. Yep. Often their uh, their p- pensions are paid by the government, not by the the union. So they'll get all kinds of uh, situations where they get a, a real benefit. Usually, yeah. when the post office is claiming they're in the black, they're not including the pensions in that calculation. Yeah, they're just talking about their operating costs, and they're not paying property taxes on any of the buildings that they or equipment that they use. That much is true. Yeah, they don't have uh, the the oh. state governments will make you pay. You know, for capital and things like the capital being uh, equipment. We can't have a conversation about the Postal Service's benefits without talking about how they have a monopoly on first-class mail delivery. That's true. I mean, this is an incredibly huge uh, subsidy that they've been granted by the legislature that has essentially – this has been going on for over 100 years, this monopoly they've had. They can just – if FedEx or UPS decided they wanted to get into a mail that was delivered for less than a dollar, they would be committing a federal crime. It's illegal. That's that's one of the reasons why they don't do that. They can't. And likely, once uh, once the cost of delivering something first class raises to seventy five cents, they'll up the Congress the will raise the uh, amount of you know that raise the amount to two dollars, and then FedEx won't be able to compete on that level. Sure, because the Postal Service bureaucrats will come into Congress and they'll say, "My God, we're going to be put out of business by these people. You need to protect us." <laughs> right, and you know what kind of Nimrod really. What kind of Nimrod thinks it's a good idea that it costs the same amount to send a letter across the street as it does to send it across the continent? I mean, I just, I just cannot fathom this. What I wonder is, why do they think everybody in, in, in the entire country, like out of my farm, why they need to get mail every day? Why it can't every day, be yeah. once a week? You know, something like that, where or Even, based on demand to to some extent. Yeah, if they if if they cut it down to four days out of the week, they would make themselves solvent for another decade or two. That's when I get mine is once a week. I go to the mailbox whenever I feel like it. I, I've got a I private just, mailbox. So. I got tired of all of the junk mail that comes, and I took the mailbox off the house over a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one <laughs> at my house. I haven't. haven't I haven't had mail. I haven't gotten a pizza advertisement in four, three, four years. Three years. Fantastic, guys. I just I, I just don't see any reason for it. For me, what what you know pushes it is when I put that mailbox in the ground, 
it then becomes the federal government's mm-hmm. because they have rules. If it says U.S. Uh, mail on the front of it, I guess, or whatever, whatever their rules are, they have rules that say that my friends can't come by and put stuff in that box for me. As soon as I can get all the movies I want to watch, which I hardly ever watch them, but I've got a Netflix subscription, right? That's kind of one of the things I I'm with you there. It would be for. convenient to have the Netflix dropped right at the house. Yeah. So. Well, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's more convenient to go to the uh, the video store that's what a, a, a quarter mile down your street, nah. half mile down the street. Look at all the different stuff that you could get there. See all the new releases. I just prefer that. <laughs> Sam shaking his Luddite. head. Luddite. Yeah. <laughs> what? I just, I just rather have the, uh, the options of looking. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, the fact is, they'll parade things in front of me that I wouldn't have otherwise seen. Okay. Because if I'm looking has at a neat Netflix little feature where recommendations, when you, yeah, yeah, when you rent things, it knows what you're like and it uh, makes recommendations. Yeah, I don't, but I don't do that. My wife handles the Netflix handled handled the Netflix thing, so well, you know, that's because you're a Luddite. I, I'm just not interested in handling it. Well, in the, and you know, when I want to watch movies, there's not enough movies around. What if I want to watch a movie every night? Yeah, I I wish I had time for that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I normally I sit on the movies for weeks before I watch them, so I'm maybe I'm if you one roll, of their, they must love me as a customer. I'm maybe if you rolled out of bed before 11 a.m., then you'd have a little more. Oh, time. that's not true. <laughs> I was up on time this morning, by the way. Just so you this know, this morning. What about yesterday? Right. The day before? Let's let's look at your week. Yesterday, uh, let's see. I think that was the day that I was recovering from getting back from the trip. I went to sleep at seven at night and woke up at ten the next morning. Oh, baby, so, yeah. It, well, you know, we were up late doing the red eye thing, and that's yeah. you know, that's I couldn't sleep at that point. All right, so 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Hey, uh, Sam, I don't know if you happen to have it up, but I know that you had something you wanted to tell us about tonight regarding California. Yes, uh, this is from, I believe, the... L.A. Now. They're going to legalize weed. There's a good chance that two weeks from now... Uh, they're they're going to on a ballot measure pass full legalization of recreational use of cannabis. Well, according to L.A. County Sheriff Lee Baca, says uh, deputies would enforce marijuana laws even if Prop 19 passes. What? Los Angeles? <laughs> how can you how can you enforce a law that's not a law? I mean, when Prop 19 passes, then those laws become void. Well, it's because it's about the will of the people, Mark. <laughs> God, why do you ask these stupid questions? Sorry. Uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff Lee Baca said Friday his deputy's marijuana enforcement would not change even if Proposition 19, which would legalize the drug in California, passes November 2nd. Now, I don't know what he does, but maybe it won't change. Maybe they really don't hassle people with pot in in L.A. County anymore. Maybe it's just not worth their trouble. Quote, uh, Proposition 19 is not going to pass, even if it passes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this wow. guy really cares about the will of the people huh <laughs> Barra said in a in a news conference friday at the sheriff's headquarters in monterey park Bacchus, whose uh, department polices three-fourths of the county, was bolstered Friday by an amendment from the Obama administration that federal officials would continue to vigorously enforce marijuana laws in California. That's right. Us law enforcers are going to stand together in making our own law in the face of what these darn people decide. We at the executive branch who enforce the law that the people pass will enforce laws that the people didn't pass. It gets better. He gives his reasons as to why 
This will be great. 800-259-9231. This is actually almost a retread of what happened in the late 1990s after California passed by popular vote the uh, Proposition 215 legalizing medical cannabis. The same characters came out and said, well, we're just going to keep enforcing it. Eventually they stopped, but it took about a decade. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You have got to check this podcast out, man. It is heavy, man. It is so, it's like my brain is just going like, wow, man. It's just like, whoa, it's made me feel so good. It made me feel like, oh, man, I can't believe how great I feel just from listening to this podcast. This podcast is incredible. It helped me to relax and feel better about myself because it's verbalsurgery.com, baby. This is Free Talk Live, and only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have there for you. They're all completely free. Now, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, considering that the website is free for you, uh, you are welcome to do so by shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets... A portion of the purchase price. It's money that would be going to Amazon. They're just going to send it over to us because we sent them the business. So start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get whatever it is you're looking for delivered to you. Brand new or used in dozens of categories, they've likely got what you're looking for. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. It's happening again. History repeating itself only 15 years after, 10 or 15 years after it already happened once. In the mid-1990s, 1996, California voters overwhelmingly passed Proposition 215, which was the, the country's first medical marijuana uh, provision. It, it was done by a ballot measure. It overwhelmingly passed. It went through, and everybody figured, yeah, we won. But then... These government bureaucrats, like this sheriff in uh, Los Angeles' county, started proclaiming things like, Well, we don't care about what the people think. We're going to enforce the laws anyway. And they did. They were arresting medical marijuana patients, and these poor people, these you know wheelchair-bound, in many cases, individuals, were having to uh, take these cases to court. Eventually... They finally started laying off. I don't know if the court trials ended up going in the right directions or what the the whole history of that was. But well, Obama promised to end all of the drug raids and so forth on the medical dispensaries and so forth. And then they kept doing it. Well, they kept doing it through the state agencies. Mm-hmm. So now we have a sheriff saying he's not going to follow the uh, the the state laws. Uh, because likely he's getting some kind of funding through the federal government. It's always about these strings that they uh, attach with all of the money for the you know SWAT team gear and everything else that they give them, the tanks and all the cool stuff that you know Andy Griffith used to to drive. That's a good way to look mm-hmm. at this, Sam. Because yeah, a lot of these uh, local boys are getting big money from oh, federal yeah. the federal government. So certainly they could come to him and say, look, hey. Sheriff Hogg or whatever your name is, this money's going to dry up if you don't you look. You need to use this money to enforce these laws. We'll pay to hire the prosecutors or whatever to or de, you know defense attorneys to defend when you're inevitably sued uh, for continuing to enforce them. Just to try their darndest to keep these things going. And and what amazes me is the the, the patriot movement that's out there and the constitutionalists. 
their their big uh, linchpin is really that you know the sheriff's the highest law enforcement official in the land. He's elected by the people, so therefore he's accountable to the people, and mm. we just need to elect the right sheriffs. Like that's going to to work here. I mean, you see whose yep. side they're on. Let me uh, continue with the story. Yeah, this guy this guy has basically said that he doesn't care what the people of California say through the legal process. That he's going to enforce. I am the law. Something that he feels like enforcing. And but I wonder now they're saying it beforehand here, which which really interests me. What is he hoping to sway the political process? Is that what his goal is by uh, you know grandstanding at Who this knows? time? Baca said the proposition was superseded by federal law, and if it passed, it would be found unconstitutional. He may be running for reelection. It may be just him pandering to the you know enforce the law crowd. Well, it, it, it might be a bad idea because if if he expects it to win, then uh, the, you know the same people could very well find out that he's a bad person to uh, reelect. I don't know. Flanked by uh, other opponents of the measure, including Los Angeles County District Attorney Steve whatever, uh, Baca made a colorful assault on marijuana. Wait, you mean the use? prosecutors opposing marijuana legalization? Really? Yeah. I wonder if they got him uh, got this quote from him while he was on company time and he wasn't uh, doing mm-hmm. his job in the process. I wonder how many rapes, rapists and murderers are uh, you know their 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 day in court has been backed up because he's you know giving quotes to the the newspaper. Asked if he had ever experimented with the drug, Baca said uh, unequivocal, "Hell no," he said. <laughs> Baca said legalizing marijuana would have far-reaching repercussions, including uh, increasing the cost of drug rehabilitation. Causing traffic accidents, prompting labor disputes with employees getting high on the job. This wait a minute. He is basically uh, restating what the federal government's uh, spokesperson said the other day. We just talked about this story yesterday. I think it was where the feds came out with this uh, almost the exact same statement that uh, more traffic accidents were going to happen yeah. and this and that was going to happen. And what is there's no evidence for that. None of it. Well, and and then his last one is and uh, uh, providing a safe cover for drug cartels selling harder narcotics yeah. so look at his points here you know drug rehabilitation let's let's get real the, the the most people are sentenced by court order to go to drug rehabilitation mandated yeah so and it's just another racket it's run by the the bureaucrats and their friends and they Correct. can you know get this this guaranteed income from all of these court cases and it, it's a rigged system so that one's pretty ridiculous given that marijuana is not addictive absolutely not Causing traffic accidents. There are millions of people out there driving. There are studies that show people actually do better on uh, cannabis when they're driving. You know that study one after study. Well, you know, and even if it's even if it's just that they're diminished, the fact is they're diminished. If they're diminished, they're diminished far less than they would be by alcohol. There aren't. There's not really any evidence for that, though, Mark. Study after study shows that uh, cannabis smoking drivers are as capable or more so than sober drivers. I think you've probably, there's got to be some out there that say they're slightly less, right? The Australian Department of Transportation's own study, the government's own study in that case, uh, showed that to be the sure, case. Sure. Th- th- there certainly have been studies that have shown that. I'm not disputing that. And that would that. be a study where the people doing the study would have an interest in seeing it the other way. And as far as you know, employees getting high on the job, well, that's that's a, an issue between the employer and the employee. Absolutely, and it's already happening. Yeah, and I mean, you have the same issue with alcohol. You can't, in right. most jobs, go drink a fifth of Jack Bean or, and or Jim Bean legal. and go, yeah. Right. So it wouldn't be any different. And, and his comment about the drug cartels selling harder narcotics, well, 
you take cannabis away, you're you're diminishing 50% of their revenue, I, I believe that's about what it is, right off the bat. So you're taking a huge chunk of the money, of the power, of the corruption right out of the system and out of the black market, putting it into the legitimate uh, marketplace. I, I, his claims just don't even begin and to stack up. they are right off of the talking points from what the Fed said the other day. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Jamie's on the line in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jamie. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, it's Jamie from WheelsOffLiberty.com. What's up? Uh, uh, I can drive good high, man, so <laughs> that's, that's always good if you want to know that. But it's it's kind of like, man, it proves, just two points real quick, it proves that voting is just senseless anymore. It doesn't matter what we choose from so-called elected officials. They're going to do whatever they want, so there's no need for us to even participate in the system. And on top of that, I mean... If he's gonna if he's gonna prosecute all these people in the in the the act of smoking marijuana is legal now. Well, you know I'm kind of a heads up on him because I always smoke marijuana when when it was illegal, so it don't really matter anyway, right? How many people who want to smoke marijuana are not doing it because they're afraid of what the government might do? I can't imagine it's a tremendously large amount. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it to me either. Yeah, absolutely not. Me and my wife were talking the other day about. Um, about drug legalization and you know if if the threat of heroin killing you does not deter you from doing heroin then then what's five years in the slammer going to deter you from it just doesn't make sense how our elected officials want to punish people man it's just all revenue and you guys already know that i just wanted to drop my two cents in well, on that jamie uh baka's got some advice for you he says if you have a need for an ounce or less then use your marijuana but use it privately he said if you want to do a joint in your house do it but leave the rest of us alone. So you're just you're bothering him by bringing yep. wanting to bring this out in the open. Why can't you just leave these people alone, it's Jamie? The same What's thing. wrong with you? Man, for real, man. One time we used to roll a deal called a turkey foot, and it was one big joint with like three little joints coming off the end, and it looked, it looked like a real turkey's foot. And then we lot the three little joints. And you're gonna I have to one roll one of those up. We're gonna have to roll one of those up when you come up to Pork Fest. Oh yeah. I bet one of those had an ounce in it, so, I mean, that was recreational. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate the call tonight. And that's Jamie from the Wheels Off Liberty podcast, wheelsoffliberty.com, also airing on uh, LRN.fm. Jamie's recreational turkey foot. So th- it's kind of a similar uh, objection to what some of the activists around here in Keene have gotten. Like, you guys, I support marijuana legalization, but why don't you just keep it inside? Why do you have to bring it outside and put it in everybody's face? Because that doesn't stop the seven or 800,000 arrests for marijuana and people going to jail and the hundreds of thousands of people sitting in jails at taxpayer expense funding the private prison lobby. I mean, this is this has become a racket, just like everything else with government, whether it's the post office ripping you off, charging you seventy, eighty thousand dollars for one person for one year to drive a, a truck around and, and put letters in boxes. Well, and it also you know, suggests I, when that- I was when when Jamie was talking about how uh, voting didn't uh, d- didn't matter. I would like to point out they voted for cho- proposition. What was it, uh, previous eight? Eight was the oh. one that made it uh, medical marijuana legal in California. And that did start all of this off. So sure. those people that voted in that case, it did make a difference. Also, it just took 10 years for it to actually take effect uh, well, after all the lawsuits. Uh, and also, mar- marijuana users shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed of what you do. It doesn't hurt anybody. And that's what, that's what these people want. Well, hide in your house and smoke your pot. We'll see you tomorrow night. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. gold.freetalklive.com. 